While the words ricocheted in the Grand Dome, Hashim kept his head low and said a silent prayer asking for mercy like he had done thousands of times since realizing he was gay. My name is Henrik Milenius and I'm the author of the Rise Up Trilogy, a young adult coming-of-age story about Hashim, Alex and Marian confronting real-life issues like climate change, corrupt politics, animal cruelty and racial and gender equity. This sweetly serialized audiobook podcast is narrated by Scott Summers. The visit had gone better than he ever imagined. Instead of condemning his sexuality, his father seemed to embrace it. They hadn't talked about the future yet, or how long Hashim was to stay at Alex's place. Anyway, he knew the next step was to reconcile with his mother, although he had no idea how to do it. At least now, he had his father as an ally. As if sensing his thoughts, Dad touched his cheek and said, I will talk to her. She needs more time. The mere mention of his mother hit Hashim hard in the gut, harder than her fist. He had caused too much pain to his family. He sniffed and hung his head. I I never wanted to hurt her. Dad caressed his cheek. What happened was not your fault. This is the way Allah created you. Hashim had heard that phrase in a different context. If his father thought it applied here too, then it must be so. It made sense. Allah had made him the way he was. His old religious teacher, Haji Khalil, had said that one of the main tasks of a true believer was to gain authentic knowledge of one's own nature. And that's exactly what he had done. Father wiped a tear away from Hashim's cheek. I should have been there for you. Please forgive me. The words stuck in his throat. Hashim swallowed and nodded his head. Then Dad hugged him once more and let himself out of the apartment. Hashim stayed staring at the door, gently biting his lip. For the first time in many years, he felt lighthearted about his future. Of course, prayer did have the same effect on him but it usually vanished once he returned to the worldly life. He could sense the presence of God guiding him forward, and he whispered, Aluha Akbar, meaning God is greater. Hashim took a shirt from his luggage and felt the smooth texture between his fingers as he hung it up in the closet. He stopped to watch how the shirts were packed according to their color and shade, the same way he would have packed them, like father, like son. People had been telling him this for ages, but he had refused to believe it. For years, he thought he was the bad apple with a big dirty secret. How could he ever amount to anything like his father, who was such a respected figure in his field? No longer could he subscribe to that notion. He understood that his father was not as perfect as he had always thought. Like anybody else, Dad had insecurities, doubts, and regrets but those imperfections didn't make him weak. On the contrary, they made him stronger and more real, a person you could relate to. You need more space in there, Alex said and pointed towards the closet. Hashim hadn't noticed Alex coming in. No, this is fine. Alex saw a book underneath a stack of neatly folded t-shirts and grabbed it. You were born with wings. Why prefer to crawl through life? He read aloud after opening a random page. Shooting Hashim an incredulous stare, Alex continued, 
Don't grieve. Anything you lose comes around in another form. He shuffled back a step and inhaled. Next, he banged the book closed to look at the cover. Rumi. Jalal ad-Din Muhammad Rumi, a 13th century Persian poet, Islamic scholar, and a Sufi mystic, Hashim said. You sure he was a Muslim? Well, the imam says he's an infidel, Hashim said and shrugged half-heartedly. He just sounds so... American, Alex said, brows drawing closer. Then he straightened his neck with a spreading smile. I know this guy. My mom loved his work. And he's from Iran? Hashim nodded and smiled. Rumi is maybe the best-selling poet in the U.S., but he's definitely not the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Iran, Alex continued. You know the crap we get in the news all the time, like some mean-looking ballistic missiles being test-fired, or some fiery-eyed mullah ranting against Western imperialism, or a public hanging of some poor gay kids in the provinces. The last one struck. After a slow, disbelieving headshake, Hashim pressed a fist to his lips. He felt a painful tightening in his throat. This is what his fellow Muslims did to people like him. Many Arab countries still enforced the death penalty for homosexual acts. Although, in Egypt, homosexuality was not illegal. Gays were often arrested for debauchery or other related charges. He remembered watching a very popular Egyptian movie called Eucobian Building with His Mom. One of the main characters was a wealthy homosexual man who ended up being murdered by his poor lover. According to his mom, that man got what he deserved, and that sentiment seemed to be shared by most Egyptians. But this is the United States of America. You have nothing to worry about, Alex said and rested his hand on Hashim's shoulder. I know, but I feel so bad for them. They're my brothers. I should do something to help them. Maybe you should, Alex said and nodded. You think I can do it? Hell yeah. A smile spreading on his face, Hashim exhaled through his mouth. Bouncing from foot to foot as the adrenaline shot through his body, he knew what his mission was going to be. Father peeked in and saw his wife had woken up. The Xanax had already worn off. Although he felt guilty about drugging her, he had no choice. He had to make sure that his secret mission to see their son didn't trigger another breakdown. Habibti, he said as he sat down on the bed next to his wife and turned off the TV. How are you feeling? Mother kept on staring at the black TV screen. We never should have left. This is what America did to our son. I knew it. I told you we should have stayed. She breathed noisily through her flaring nostrils before she continued. Here, nobody listens to us. We're nothing, and I'm just a useless old woman. I might as well die and nobody will notice. Please, don't talk like that. You know your son loves you. Words. Just words. Hashim put his fork down. But dad, I can't accept that. I don't need... You do, his father said. He spent the better part of that morning going through his financial records. As a skillful pediatrician and cautious investor, he had been able to obtain a nice portfolio of stocks and other financial assets. Without touching the capital that was going to be their retirement fund, 
he could still afford to put Hashim into a prestigious and expensive school. You need the best education there is, Dad continued. I'm so proud of you. You stood up for what you believed was right. That is more than I can say about myself. We have to stop this silence. Our community needs your courage. We can't let Haji Ali and his kind intimidate us any longer. Hashim gaped at his father. It was amazing how things had started to fall into place. The previous night, after talking to Alex, he had spent half the night lying in bed, thinking about his future and what he should do with it. One thing that had come up over and over in his mind was this. Why did his fellow Muslims have such low expectations of each other? Why did they let some age-old patriarchal system still rule the way they lived their lives? As Miriam had said a couple of days ago, he didn't need to submit to some pre-Islamic desert tribalism, but to the will of God, as dictated in the Quran. Hashim ripped a piece of pita bread, dipped it to potato kibbeh, and stuffed it in his mouth. As the flavorful garlicky taste spread on his tongue, he remembered a quote he had read in the book his father gave him. After swallowing, he recited from memory, Why do you stay in prison when the door is wide open? A great quote hits the issue head on, Dad said with a proud smile. If Allah was not offended when the angels questioned him, why would our self-appointed Allah's spokespeople berate us every time we do the same? That's a valid question. Hashim thought for a while before answering. He could think of several reasons. There was so much infighting within the Muslim community. Hurling fatwas seemed to be a favorite sport for many clergymen. Why can't we handle any criticism? It's like we're all walking on a very narrow path and any deviation will get you thrown off the cliff. Literally and metaphorically. When Hashim stepped into the bedroom, Alex seemed to be asleep already. Hashim had come home later than planned. For the first time ever, Hashim had heard his father tell in his own words how he got married. It was an arranged marriage, orchestrated by Hashim's grandmother, who had been plotting his dad's marriage since birth. At the time, dad was studying in the medical school of the American University of Cairo, and mother was a village girl from Upper Egypt, visiting some relatives in the city. It was rumored that grandmother wanted her son to marry her, a distant relative, to settle an old land dispute. Of course, dad would rather have picked someone more modern and educated, but grandmother ran a tight ship, and dad had agreed to at least meet the young bride candidate. Dad had perused several pictures of her in advance, but they didn't do her justice. When he first saw her in real life sitting on the couch in his parents' spacious living room in Cairo, he was smitten. Her widely set, coal-lined eyes with long, separated lashes, her thin nose, red lips, and lustrous jet-black hair reminded him of the heroines from the palms of Imru al-Qais, a pre-Islamic poet considered to be the father of Arab poetry. As Hashim lay on the mattress, he couldn't help thinking how Allah works in mysterious ways. How his mother's beauty had lured his father to marry her. And therefore, he was born. How'd it go with your dad? Hashim turned to the side. It was... I'm sorry for being such an asshole. Alex cut him off. You don't need to. I do. It was my fault. You smoked that joint although I knew you didn't want to. I just hope that that's all right. 
Hashim knew Alex had only tried to help him. I guess things were happening too fast. I know what you mean. Sometimes, slow is good. So you'd rather go by Greyhound? Biting down a smile, Hashim waited for his words to sink in as Alex gawked at him before adding, To New York, I mean. Alex lifted his upper body on his elbows. You've got to be joking, man. Hashim beamed like an Arabian moon. I can't believe it. We're moving to New York. Alex was grinning now. You want to hear something? Uh, sure. Hashim said and got up to sit cross-legged on the mattress. Alex directed his sight skyward for a divine inspiration and said, My true friend is the one who walks by my side. His big brown eyes full of wonder for the world wide open. Sharing. Caring. Having a laugh at the folly of life. His smile and his tenderness. What would I do with the wife? Hashim cleared his throat and swallowed, looking mock serious. Did you like it? Alex asked. Hashim pressed his lips together, offering a slight grimace. I think you should stick to prose. Before he had reached the end of the sentence, a pillow was already flying through the air, hitting him square in the face. Before Hashim got the chance to return the fire, Alex jumped from the bed, nailing him to the mattress. Hashim was about to shove his friend aside as easily as he could, but instead, he let Alex pin him down. For a while, they simply stayed put, grinning at each other. Then, Alex bent down and kissed him on the forehead. Hashim closed his eyes, a soft smile playing in the corners of his mouth. Next, Alex got off his stomach, tucked him in, and returned to the bed. It didn't take long before the two boys fell asleep, breathing in unison. Thank you for listening to the Rise Up Trilogy podcast. For more information, go to my website henrikvilenius.com. <laughs>